Today's episode is brought to you by McLean Middleton, providing trusted legal services to businesses throughout the region for over 100 years. Hi, everybody. This is Jeff Feingold of New Hampshire Business Review with our Down to Business podcast, the latest one, uh, joined by, our, as usual, our associate editor and executive producer, Amanda Andrews. And this is this episode we have on as our guest, Will Stewart, who's executive director of Stay Work Play, which is an organization. Well, I'll let him explain what the organization is, but it you just came out with a study and Will, could you just, first of all, tell, tell us what Stay Work Play is, because I, I don't know if everybody's aware of it. Sure. So Stay Work Play is a statewide nonprofit whose mission is to attract and retain more young people here in New Hampshire. And as a result of that, you know, you've been around for what? It's been around for about 10 years or more now, right? Yeah, I think uh, 13, almost 14. Yeah, wasn't it wasn't it born out of this study that had been done about, through the university system showing how many students left New Hampshire and didn't come back. They pursued their education. So right. it's really, it's really, so it's been an ongoing effort. It's not just something that's come up recently. So anyway, what talk a little bit about this study you did. You did a, you did a report that just came out where you kind of weighed the pros and cons that younger people think about New Hampshire. Sure. So to, to set the stage a little bit, um, you know, as I mentioned, our mission is to attract and retain more young people. And, you know, Stay Work Play, we're a, we're a statewide nonprofit, but we're a small nonprofit. So we need to make sure that, you know, where we're devoting our resources, you know, financial, staff and otherwise, you know, that we need to be laser focused in what we're doing if we want to have a prayer of, uh, of really being able to, to meet that mission of attracting and retaining more young people and really moving the needle. So for that, we need data. You know, so we uh, this is actually the second survey we've conducted in the past few years. You're looking to to answer the question. You know, what are the relative advantages and disadvantages with regard to young people staying, working, and playing in New Hampshire? So in terms of this uh, survey, what what did you what were the key takeaways that you saw from these? So probably the the highest level takeaway you know from the entire survey is uh, there's really kind of a peak and valley effect when it comes to you know how young people in New Hampshire feel about life in New Hampshire. And what we saw when I say peak and valley, it starts out as a peak in their early 20s. Uh, you know, the young people who are maybe in school or have their first jobs, you know, they're likely spent their childhoods in New Hampshire. They have a pretty positive opinion of the state, especially when it comes to staying and playing. But that satisfaction begins to decline and we get down into that valley. Uh, in, in their mid-20s to early 30s, when young people get into maybe that second or third job and begin to build their careers. And you know, they want to earn a sufficient salary to start a family, buy a house. And you know, they, they kind of look around and say that this is going to be very, very challenging for me to do here in New Hampshire. But you know, that uh, you know begins to change, you know, as the as the group gets the cohort gets older, those in their mid to late 30s. You know, people are becoming more established in their careers and their families uh, are rooted. They have a stronger focus on quality of life issues like environment and schools and safety, sense of community. And that's where New Hampshire really shines. And they start feeling a lot better about New Hampshire in their mid to late 30s. Mm. So so what could you tell me? I saw I know one of the uh, one of the attractions that, that young people have is they, they're attracted to the, the, to the outdoors. Yes. The, the all kind of outdoor activities in New Hampshire. But then. You drill down a little bit, and you come up with this idea. You come up with this realization that there are there are several drawbacks. They see, 
And not surprisingly, because this is something we've talked about in on this podcast since the beginning, but it's been in the business review for three decades, housing, the affordability of housing. Now, what 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 do you think what do you think is important for people to understand about what this about this idea about what the need for housing? What what can we what can they what can you guys at you stay work play do about this in terms of just well, inf, inf, your information for people or what? Well, it's um, like you said, you know the the ability the reason we gather this data is to help us know where to focus our efforts. And you're right that housing is you know the number one issue. Housing affordability is the number one issue facing a lot of people in New Hampshire, but particularly young people. And, uh, you know, as, as you well know, Jeff, we're seeing, you know, rents, you know, increase across the state. We're seeing home prices, you know, increase as, as do interest rates, really making home ownership, the dream of home ownership increasingly uh, out of reach, you know, for a lot of young people. And, uh, you know, that's true because young people, you have to, we have to keep in mind, they're at the, usually at the start of their careers by definition being young. Um, so they're not making as much money as they're maybe more established and experienced peers. Uh, they are coming out of school and New Hampshire, you might remember, has the highest average level of student debt in the country. So from a monthly basis, they're not making a lot to begin with. They're going to have probably a student debt payment. Public transportation isn't great here in New Hampshire, so they probably have a, a car payment as well. Uh, if they have kids, you know, they're probably paying daycare, uh, childcare costs, which are not cheap either. And then the biggest cost of them all is housing. You know, so for us at Stay Work Play, it's uh, I mean, it's 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 a lightning bolt, you know, for us. And this is, you know, it's not new news, you know, but it does, you know, really put the data behind it and show just how important it is. And for us at Stay Work Play, it, you know, all of this data the, about housing and, and the other issues that we can talk about today, you know, it really helps to uh, helps to guide our public policy advocacy efforts. We do nonpartisan issues-based advocacy in Concord, and housing and housing affordability is our number one issue and has been for the past few years. I also, uh, something that stuck out to me also was this, uh, uh, it seems to be a, a large number of uh, respondents were talking about the need for transportation, uh, public transportation. And, you know, that comes down to, uh, in, in many people's minds, uh, having some kind of commuter rail. <clears throat> now, I know that your organization's been involved in this and all, but in terms of uh, using this, when, when you guys are doing your public policy in Concord and elsewhere, are you talking about this kind of stuff to uh, to, to lawmakers, public policy makers? Yeah, we're using the data from across the survey, you know, to, to really, you know, help tell the story. I mean, we, we like to share personal stories and anecdotes to illustrate this data, you know, but uh, we like to use it as much as we can because it's, I mean, this is like, you know, real statistically valid survey data was completed by the St. Anselm Survey Center, you know, has a uh, margin of error of um, plus or minus 4.8%. So it's, it's pretty legit. So we like to use it as often as we can with policymakers and other decision makers. You know, as it relates to public transportation in particular, you know, we didn't ask in this about, uh, in, in just for a little bit of context for listeners, you know, we asked, you know, how does New Hampshire compare to other states on a, a range of kind of quality of life topics, public transportation being one, and 90% said that New Hampshire was worse or about the same than other states, which was kind of the, the strongest feeling that we really saw in any quality of life measure. Um, I will say that, uh, you know, we didn't get specific as it relates to 
you know, uh, commuter rail or buses or any specific mode of transportation, just public transportation in general. Mm. Have, now, have you have you have you shared these uh, results with uh, people in Concord at the State House formally, or are you going to make a presentation to them? Yeah, we're looking and exploring a number of opportunities of doing that. We just released this data publicly uh, last week. Yeah. So uh, we're trying to get out and share this information with as many stakeholders you know, as we can, policymakers in Concord, policymakers at the local level where a lot of decisions are made, particularly with regard to things like housing, um, you know, industry groups, chambers of commerce, you know, employers, you know, anyone who wants to know what young people are thinking and feeling uh, about New Hampshire. Yeah, because I, you know, I, I find it interesting. That, well, first of all, let, let me get this. Are there any? You've mentioned a previous study. Is it are the results similar from the from the previous study? There are a number of similarities. Um, you know, so the for context, the first survey was conducted again. Another professional uh, research polling firm, you know, conducted it back in December of 2017, and uh, you know, the the plan at that time and kind of going forward now is to to do the survey every three years. To you know, we had some baseline data and want to track and see how things might change over time. Um, of course, three years from December 2017 was December 2020, and we knew that if we were to conduct the survey, then like we knew the data would be skewed. Uh, we didn't know like to what extent, but we knew life was a lot different then. So we decided to wait. Um, and that's why we waited until January of 2023. Uh, that said, we know that that COVID had, has had some type of effect. Again, we don't know what uh, to what extent exactly, but you know, we know that you know, generally speaking across the nation, across the world, that you know, COVID has left people with um, a little bit more, just kind of a general, more negative outlook on uh, on life in general. So uh, we know that that's probably at play here in the numbers, but again, we don't know to what extent. Um, you know, what we do see is that, you know, both for the traits that people rate positively, you mentioned, you know, kind of everything related to the outdoors, you know, our recreational amenities, uh, world-class, uh, you know, natural assets, uh, parks and all that stuff where New Hampshire ranks off the charts, as well as our negatives, you know, things like housing and childcare and transportation. Um, COVID's had kind of an amplification effect so that the things that people really like about New Hampshire, they like more now. And the things that they weren't so crazy about where New Hampshire doesn't really do as well for young people, you know, is also seen a little bit more harshly. Hmm. That's that's really that's really an interesting point. I, I just I, I just find it um, uh, uh, frustrating that these these uh, concerns have been have been come to has been known for for a long time you know since before stay work play was formed and it's kind of it's got to be from your perspective it's got to be frustrating being the executive director of stay work play it is uh you know recognizing of course that you know change especially when we're talking about you know big complicated issues uh you know doesn't happen overnight like you know i get that um and that's legit you know, you know, I will say though that uh, you know, if we're looking looking for silver linings here, it's that you know, I think more people, policymakers, employers, um, pretty much people across the board, or at least to the point now where they recognize finally, you know, that you know we have a lot of challenges that need to be solved. It was, you know, when Stay Workplace started, you know, a dozen plus years ago, you might recall, kind of at the height of the Great Recession, mm -hmm. um, you know, employers could throw out a 
you know, a job link and just be flooded with resumes. Uh, that's definitely not the case anymore. So I think, you know, employers and policymakers in particular realize that, you know, we need to address, you know, a lot of these issues if we want to be able to grow the talent pool. And so you're starting to see more employers getting involved in, in Concord, you know, on issues like housing, on issues like childcare, recognizing that they, you know, have a direct impact on the workforce and their ability to stay in business. Really, that's a really good point. Uh, hold on one second. We'll be right back. McLean Middleton is one of New England's premier full-service law firms, with headquarters in Manchester, New Hampshire, and offices in Concord and Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and Woburn in Boston, Massachusetts. McLean Middleton has over 100 attorneys in five locations and has been providing trusted legal services to businesses throughout the region for over 100 years. A full-service law firm with practice areas in corporate, tax, employment, litigation, trusts and estates, energy and environment, intellectual property and privacy, and data security, to name just a few. McLean Middleton's commitment to their clients, community, and colleagues has helped them to establish and maintain long-standing relationships as trusted advisors. Whether you are starting your business, growing your business, or preparing to sell your business, McLean Middleton has the experience to guide you through the complexities of the legal system. For a complete listing of their practice areas, attorneys, and locations, visit www.mclane.com. Hi, everybody. We're back uh, with Will Stewart, Executive Director of Stay, Work, Play. We're talking about the survey they just released uh, of, of young people, younger people in New Hampshire, and what attracts them and what is less attractive about the state to them. Now, what I'm going to do right now is, this is completely unscripted. I'm going to ask our resident young person here, Amanda, what she thinks of this uh, survey. What, you know, what, do you, do you find, do you agree with these findings? I mean, is that how you feel personally? Cause you are a New Hampshire gal. I am, I am. Um, honestly, I, I kind of, I agreed for a lot of them, especially in how great the outdoor recreation life is. Not that, you know, I'm not a big skier or anything like that, but I know that's a huge draw to the state, um, especially people in my age range. Um, but as definitely those areas that we feel, I say we, <laughs> um, uh, that New Hampshire maybe needs improvement on, I definitely agree with it. You know, childcare is a huge issue. Public transportation, um, it would be a nice to have, um, but there is something nice about driving up 93 or, you know, just enjoying the view, uh, housing for sure. College is tough, but I'm, I'm very curious the, the, the work findings, how it's, you know, it was only 23%, but they feel like you know, in, in the survey, it says that 23% believe New Hampshire is the same as other places to live for like quality of jobs and career opportunities, which could be true um, in some aspects, but I feel like a lot of it is growing um, in the workforce development needs work, but it's, there are some opportunities here that New Hampshire is offering. So I think most, mostly I agree with the findings. I think, I think I'm in the same boat as the majority, um, but I'm just, um, I like seeing how um, 
that the survey is being done and that we can look at the data as it is and how we can improve. Yeah. You know, there's one one of the uh, response, one of the topics was nightlife. Yeah. <laughs> in New Hampshire. <laughs> and didn't do that great on it. Um, no. Is, is, um, yeah, what, what do you, I mean, what, from, from your perspective, what, what do you think about that? Well, you're talking to somebody who is not, <laughs> not one to go out and enjoy the said nightlife, but it's the only, it's only really relegated to our major cities, right? So Manchester, Nashua, um, they have those walkable downtown areas, um, Waconia in the summer, but I think of nightlife as like restaurants and, um, you know, having that social aspect to it. So that is curious, but I feel like maybe because it's more suburban and more rural areas, there's not a lot of nightlife because of that. Um, yeah, I could, I could see how that could be, but I think people are, you know, you're comparing it to Boston where the entire city is all nightlife all the time. So <laughs> For it's, better or worse. Uh, <laughs> one thing, uh, if I could jump in, one thing that it's interesting, I think, if you look at the uh, the cross tabs, you know, for all the, the data nerds out there, and we're happy to share the full report, 128 pages of uh, chock full of good data. Uh, but one of the things that's interesting, and, you know, each of these questions that we ask, of course, the, the data that we're you know, talking about here is, you know, kind of statewide and spans that, you know, age 20 to age 40 age range, you know, but again, you know, it's broken down the data, we can break it down by kind of subgroup sub age within the larger so like five year segments, so 20 to 24, 25 to 29, and so forth, as well as different parts of the state, um, you know, Mer Merrimack Valley, Seacoast, Lakes Region, etc. And so, you know, as you might imagine, you know, people who are, you know, most critical of New Hampshire's nightlife options or lack thereof, you know, are in that, uh, you know, kind of mid-20s, mid-to-late-20s age group where that's, you know, more appealing. Um, again, where New Hampshire really shines, though, again, as I mentioned earlier, is kind of in that, you know, mid-30s and upwards, where maybe at that point you're more concerned about the quality of the local school district and things like property taxes and, you know, safety in your community than you are about what you're going to do on Friday or Saturday night. So it definitely definitely plays out that way. And we see, you know, similar trends in census data as well, you know, where we do see an in-migration, a net in-migration of people in their 20s and 30s. Uh, and it really is, uh, it's modest, but you start really seeing it in that early to mid 30s, where people are oftentimes moving to New Hampshire for things like schools, and you know, may have already you know, had their time in Boston or other places, and ready to take, take full advantage where New Hampshire really shines. Yeah, you know, you, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up about the in-migration because we've seen that, that New Hampshire's population is actually growing faster than uh, many states around it. I mean, I think it's faster mm -hmm. in the Northeast. And uh, these a lot of the people coming are younger. So, you know, you read this, the, 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 uh, the results of the survey, oh man, New Hampshire's in bad shape because we can't get to track these people, but we are. And you know, how do you explain that? What's what's going on there? Well, a, a few things. Um, you know, one, you're right. You know, we are seeing a net in migration of people in their 20s and 30s, which is awesome. I mean, it certainly beats the out migration we were seeing, you know, during the Great Recession and through like 2015, 2016. Uh, but again, it's modest. I mean, we're talking like 4,500 people a year, mm -hmm. um, and it's in, at the end of the day, it's just not enough. 
you know, we were the second oldest state to begin with. You know, we're seeing we have one of the lowest unemployment rates already. That was true pre-COVID and, and still today. Um, we just don't have enough people to, to fill the roles that as the baby boomers retire to step into those professional positions. Our towns and communities don't have enough people to fill the zoning boards and conservation commissions. You know, our churches don't have enough people to pass the plate on Sunday. You know, like we don't have enough people for the Rotary Clubs in a lot of places. So a lot of the, the civic infrastructure, in addition to the uh, the workforce needs, you know, just uh, we just need more people, period. And, you know, to to do that, I think one of the, you know, the takeaways for Stay Work Play is that, you know, New Hampshire is an expensive place. You know, it's a great place to live if you can afford it. And, uh, you know, housing is expensive. Child care is expensive. You know, electricity and utilities are expensive. Again, you need a car payment. That's expensive. You know, it's it's not an affordable place to live. I think a lot of people who might otherwise like to live here and prefer to live here just can't make it happen and have the quality of life, the kind of quality of life that they want to have. Mm. That's really that's a really good point. And and to that to that I want I just wanted to ask you this because we talked about you, you talked about going to public policy, you know, people in the public policy arena. And when, when while we're while you're saying that, I'm thinking the people who need to really hear about this are local officials. Yes. The ones who are not allowing new uh, multifamily apartment buildings and those kind of things. Do, are you, do you plan to have like a some kind of meeting with them or are you going to meet individually with different towns or maybe present at the municipal association or something like that? Yeah, we're definitely looking for opportunities to, to present, you know, with the municipal association at any of their upcoming, you know, gatherings, um, you know, happy to to take the, the the show on the road and, you know, share the presentations. I know a few years ago, I was, you know, talking to you know, local officials down in Derry and, you know, other towns as well, because you're right, so many of these decisions, particularly as they relate to housing, are done at the local level, you know, with regard to, you know, minimum maker zoning and things like that, that where they're effectively uh, not allowing apartments, which is to say they're not allowing affordable options for young people uh, who they and their uh, their residents are, are going to need uh, to, to buy those houses, to fill those jobs um, and make life happen in their communities. Yeah, I mean, not to pick on, on a neighboring community, but in Bedford, they've approved these, some apartments over at their new um, Market and Main project there. And the reason it was approved because it's 55 and older. <laughs> That's not what we need. You know, we need, I, I think we need all housing types. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. But, but you know, yeah, I, I, I see your point. And, uh, you know, we need, you know, more housing, you know, for more people and, and more young people that's not age restricted, you know, yes, as yes. well. Yes. Exactly. exactly. Well, you know, I have to say, you know, I wish you luck with this. And, and uh, it's, it's, it's really, you know, it's it's and I guess I'm frustrated, but I've been you know I'm just an old crank at this point, so easy for me to get frustrated. But uh, so you know, what's your next step? Are you what 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 are you going to be doing next in terms of this? And have you you've been uh, making you know certain public appearances or whatever? Sure. So yeah, a number of things. One, we're looking to to share this information far and wide. So I'd say if anybody is watching this, listening to this, and you know, would like a, you know, a presentation, you know, on the data to learn more, you know, happy to, uh, happy to come do that. And we can break it down by, like I said, region and age range. And, you know, we have a lot of different ways we can cut this data that I think will be helpful to a lot of people. Um, you know, from a stay work play perspective, we're going to use this data 
uh, as part of our upcoming strategic planning process, you know, for us to evaluate, you know, what are we doing? You know, what's working? What do we need to change based on this data with regard to how we go about working to attract and retain more young people? So, uh, and then certainly it will inform our, our public policy, nonpartisan public policy advocacy efforts going forward as well, looking at, uh, you know, what issues that we might not have been focused on previously do we need to be uh, going forward? So a lot of uh, utility will be gotten out of this data. That's great. And I, I wish you luck in your in your endeavor because the more voices, the better on these issues. Amen. But uh, anyway, Will Stewart of Executive <laughs> Will Stewart, Executive Director of Stay Work Player, really appreciate you joining us. And this is Jeff Feingold with along with Amanda Andrews saying, "Be well, everybody." <laughs>